welcome, welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. We are at episode number 19. This is your co-host, Poncho, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, Da Puma. That was good. That was good. I really felt that one. You like that, bro? So you're sticking with the poncho now? Well, apparently the big stick was a big swing and miss, yep, so that was quite poncho. That is true. That is true. Quite a, quite a few people texted me being like, big stick, like, news. These fucking people should directly text me and, and give me the, give me their peace of mind. You know what? I'll let them know. <laughs> I'll let them know. But uh, they agreed with me. The big stick is a big N-O. Oh, wow. Rough, rough. It's okay. It's a work in progress, you know? We're making it through. I think Poncho and the Puma sounds good. That's going to yeah. be a Twitter poll this week. Poncho and the Puma? Poncho and the Puma. All right, all right. I like it. I like it. Not bad, man. How you been, brother, man? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. Enjoying this beautiful weather right now. It, you know, can't complain. Bringing my pool back to life still. It's still a little cloudy, but yeah. we're, we're making some headways. It's yeah. not that bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the pool season for you is what? You open it up in uh, late May? Yeah, like Memorial Day weekend and, you know, you keep it open until like September. We, we have a pool heater, so we can probably go a little bit longer, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's typically the window. We're a little late because we had to go up to uh, New Hampshire for a wedding Memorial Day weekend. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember that. Yeah. The, uh, the hillbilly wedding with uh, with the guns. Hey, hey. That was a good time. That was probably <laughs> one of the best weddings I've ever been to right the, there. Uh, you, the you, groomsman's going to have a... Uh, have a shoot off apparently with somebody at his hey, wedding. You know, you never know, man. You never know. But I still don't understand who is the groom. Like, I get it. I get that the groom's men will have the the gun, but the groom himself, like, who is he gonna shoot up? Like, I just want a clear answer for that. Hey, you never know, man. Like, the, what's gonna happen? The Russians might parachute in. Haven't you? Oh seen, yeah, in New Hampshire. Haven't you seen the movie Red Dawn? I mean, they parachuted into Colorado. It's uh, it's not that it's not that far. You you might have the the groom Mike yelling Wolverines. So that's what happens. I feel like they know. would come after like a big metropolitan like New York, not New Hampshire. Well, I mean, they, they, in the movie, they like parachuted like fucking Boulder, Colorado or some <laughs> nonsense. Like out of the entire continental U.S., we're going to parachute into Colorado. Oh, whatever, man. Who knows? Hey, man, to their own. I teach their own, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? What's good? Nothing, man. Just, uh, just you know, got a good workout in this morning. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I got a haircut last week. And I tell you what, it is so amazing to have short hair again. Yeah, you, you were rocking the pompadour for a little bit. Dude, the, the maintenance on long hair is unreal. Like, I totally get why chicks are always cranky. They got to put themselves together. Like, they have to, like, go through the makeup and the hair routine. Like, I just had to go through one part of that, the hair routine. Like, I constantly had to, like, wash it every day with shampoo. I constantly had to, like, you know, blow dry to get the, the proper form because it's so long, you know. Had, like, three different products to go into that hair. Like, I, I get why, like... <laughs> Chicks have to put themselves together. Are you about to like do a plug for Garnier, like the fucking shampoo company? You, you don't look now. You're coming off as high maintenance with the hair. No, uh, well, I'm not high maintenance now. I just like come out of the shower Thank and ready to go. Look, it's like a buzz cut almost. You there know? you go. There you go. I like it. It's a, it's a good look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The long hair. I don't know what I was thinking, man. Long hair is interesting. I don't know for I don't know how it is for you, but for me, it's like I always I'm like, yeah, you know what? It looks good. It looks good. It looks good. And then like one day, I just wake up and I'm like, this is too much. I, I can't. <laughs> I, it's just like there's no it's in between. A, it's a work. You know, it's a job before you even get to your job. Yeah, I get you're you right know? about that. You're right about that. Hey, did anyone try to save you recently or no? Dude, no, no, no. So I've uh, I've been going. Uh, obviously, I go to the Starbucks like every other day, but I haven't seen her ever since then. You know what I'm saying? 
I gotta get my Starbucks. Oh, here we fucking go. I gotta get my, Dude, my, 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 my vanilla almond chai. I need my Starbucks. Speaking of Starbucks, man, like, um, I've had, like, a gripe with Starbucks because it's so, like, eco-friendly. So they never, like... Um, eco-friendly from the guy that likes to litter. Okay, I can't Well, Starbucks is this. eco-friendly. I'm not eco-friendly. I know you're not. But Starbucks is. This you know is I can't wait for this. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> right now we're in summer, right? So it's all ice season drinks, right? It's, like, a lot of, like, ice drinks. Um, and, like, I don't drink my Starbucks... Within the first hour. It takes me two, three hours. Like, I get my Starbucks in the morning. I got my, uh, you know, iced drink at, like, 9 a.m., go to work. And then by noon, I'm still drinking it. You know what I'm saying? Wow. But at that point, the ice drink gets, like, all, like, melty and there's condensation. And it's running all over your desk. Like, they got to come up with a way to, like, have, like, some sort of, like, built-in koozie cup where this condensation doesn't happen. Like, am I, am I being stupid here? Or am I like, am I a real gripe? No, because I used to get iced coffees all the time when I worked at, uh, at a summer camp. And I would always ask for, at the time, I hated, like, coffee. Yeah. So I want, like, you know, all the sugar, all the cream and everything. And I would ask for it to be put in a great one coffee cup, like the insulated shit. Yeah. So I didn't have to worry about all that crap. So, yeah. Be, hey, maybe you could just ask for, but- like, a the, the great one coffee cup. That Starbucks has. Yeah, but like if I ask them to like, so they don't have that, but they have, they can like always put it into a second like cup, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I feel like if I ask them, they're going to judge me hardcore. Like, oh, this guy doesn't care about the fucking dolphins or whatever they're trying to save, you know, the turtles. Just be like, listen, bitch, I throw shit out my window on the way to and from here. Give me the goddamn cup. I don't care. Like, seriously, it's like a big thing for me. Like, if I have... What? So you're worried about them judging you, but you don't give a damn if you throw stuff out the window on your way to or from Starbucks. Who's gonna judge me? The fucking guy in the Prius? Like I'm never gonna see him again. You don't make any Starbucks. sense. You don't make how any I, sense. How do I not make any sense? I can litter and nobody will ever see that, or the people that see it will never see me again, right? Because I'm going a million miles an hour. But you're worried about Starbucks? Yeah, because I go there every single day. Every single day I go there and ask them for a cup. They're not gonna care. They're just happy they got your business. Stop overthinking a fucking coffee joint. <laughs> That's my, my whole, God that's my whole life, Brandon. Brandon, my whole life is overthinking, all right? Clearly, stop. <laughs> stop. It's a friggin' coffee cup from Starbucks. <laughs> just ask for the goddamn cup. Listen, listen. I just I just don't want the, I don't want any backlash, all right? Like, backlash? There's like 15 Starbuckses on the way to and from your job. There's only two on my route. Oh, my God. One has a drive-thru, one doesn't. You so. like driving. Just go to another one. Yeah, but in the morning, I'm always like running late. I'm always like... I, I hear... Ex- I don't embrace excuses in the words of John Taffer. I embrace solutions, Jay. Just go to another Starbucks if you're worried about them judging you. Listen. I, f- I feel like there's a lot of hate coming my way right now. Just get the goddamn coffee cup. <laughs> By God. You're looking for sympathy? Yeah, one, I rail on you all the time for going to Starbucks, and now you're overthinking about asking for an insulated cup. Yeah, because you're my friend regardless. These guys, these people don't know me. Like, they're... they're, they're they probably, do know you because they get a paycheck because of how much you go there. Probably like, oh, here's the jackass with two cups every single day. He doesn't care about the turtles. Dunkin' Donuts doesn't, didn't give a shit when I would go there every yeah, day. Yeah, but that's Dunkin' Donuts. That's piss water. Oh, here we go. That's like oh, piss, piss water. That's piss water. You know what? <laughs> go spit. That's all I'm going to say. You friggin' guy. Oh, my God. Let me... Let me Hang on. I need I to get my vanilla chai, but, but I kind of want, like, another cup. Can you not judge? Because I like going to Starbucks. Yeah, but you see how long and complicated that is? Like, it's just be, it, just, it should just be, I want a venti vanilla chai. That's it. You know what I'm saying? I need a venti vanilla chai and an extra cup. How hard is that? Brennan, like, how hard is Brennan, that? You just don't get it, bro. I do get as, it. As a, There's, like, 19 people in line anyways. Just ask for the goddamn coffee cup. Who cares? Brennan. 
Just for once. For once, see my side of it. Just for once. You know what I'm saying? It's a coffee cup. Open. You're not asking for open heart surgery at the counter. Brandon. Brandon, listen. If I was just at a random Starbucks, I would. Oh but God. like... Every single, I can't. I every, can't listen to this nonsense. Every single day, like if I ask for two cups every single day, I'm sure somebody would at one point be like, "Listen, how much is a venti? How much is it?" Uh, so my current drink, the venti, um, was it? Um, so I, uh, like a five fifteen ish. Five fifteen. Yeah. And you worry about asking for an extra cup? Yeah. Dude, just stop. Just ask for the goddamn cup. Just ask for the cup. Ask for the cup. That's gonna be trending on Twitter when we're done recording. Hashtag ask for the goddamn cup. All right, I mean, shit, though. Ask for the cup. I'm going to check in on Monday. Did you ask for the cup? <laughs> what time are you going on Monday? Like 9, 8? What are you, 9 o'clock? Yeah, I'm I, get to, I get to work like 10-ish, like 9.15-ish. Okay, so what time do you get to Starbucks? Like 9-ish. All right, so 9. So yeah. when I park my car at work, I'm going to text you and be like, did you ask for the cup? Yeah. And if you didn't get the cup, I don't want to hear you bitching about it. All right, well, thanks get, for Get the goddamn cup. Thanks for checking in. Get the cup. <laughs> thanks for checking in. Jesus. Speak of checking in. Let's check in on Brandon's work. All right, here we go. Let's make sure he hasn't had a mental breakdown or cried this week. No. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. You good? Yeah. Speaking of crying. Oh, did you cry? No, I did did not cry. Listen, Brandon, I don't cry. You know that. Yeah, here we go. I do not cry, Brandon. Uh Uh-huh. Brandon, I do not cry. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. You don't cry, but you're kind of crying about do you or do you not ask for a coffee cup? But I think I'm getting softer as the years roll on. Like, I'm 30 now. I think, like, you know... When I was 25, 24, 26, I was like a rock. Like nothing could phase me. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. nothing at all. You know what I'm saying? But in the last like two weeks, I I almost cried twice. Like I got to a point where like I got like all like choked up and like my throat, like my voice cracked a little bit. I got some water in the eyes. Like I, obviously I didn't shed a tear. I mean, I'm not that kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Go. There we but go. like, I, you know what I'm saying? One of them I, I, I won't bring up, but the second one was interesting because I was watching a Netflix documentary. I was watching uh, When They See Us, right? Yeah. Uh, it's about those Central Five that got just brutally, brutally just like, I mean the, the accusation against them. And yeah, they got the whole, railroaded. Yeah, they got railroaded. The whole like process, the whole the whole jury, the whole trial. Just it was just all bad. You know what I'm saying? And the last episode was um, about uh, about one of those guys, and it just took like his perspective of how how he went to jail and how like he had to go through Rikers and how he went from a sweet innocent child into this hard criminal almost. Dude, Rikers is no fucking Dude, joke. Dude, seriously, man, seriously. And then there's like there's like times where he's in solitary for like months at a time, and he's seeing visions of his mom and visions of his sister who just died. Um, so there's just like a lot that like went into it and, and like towards the end I was like I was like I was mm-hmm. like fuck like is this is this how a human feels? This I mean, is why Colin Kaepernick feels. <laughs> that's all I'm this saying. This is why he is how humans feel? Like I guess I guess it's good that I'm I get moved by that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. I I couldn't believe that I got to that point man like I was like damn Jay Chima you're getting soft bro. Yep. Don't look now. Is this how Brandon feels? Oh my god. <laughs> is this how Brandon feels? Oh my god. <laughs> Brandon's a human. <laughs> he has emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look now. Oh, Don't look now. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's uh, that's basically just of uh, of how I almost cried, you know. Oh, you know, I'm I'm glad you kind of crossed the bridge a little bit yeah. to being a human. Yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, in regards to NFL topics, uh, what would you like to get to this oh, week? Geez, I mean, dude, a lot of the stuff that happened it ha- it started last week yeah. because the NFL did the typical. Friday evening media dump, yeah. and one of the things that was dumped was uh, the Houston Texans replacing the New York Jets as the joke franchise uh, of the NFL of the 2019 season. Sure. So, yeah. 
You want to you want to get into that first? Yeah, let's get into that. Let's get, get us, give us the rundown, Mr. Puma. So, for those that uh, that didn't know, uh, the Houston Texans they fired Brian Game, the uh, the general manager of the Houston Texans. He was 17 months on the job, uh, 17 months into a five year contract. Uh, apparently. Bill O'Brien and him didn't see eye to eye, and Cal McNair canned him. Uh, the Texans were pretty clear on making this a Cal McNair uh, decision. Uh, I don't really particularly agree with this firing, sure. considering he went 11-5 and and brought the team to the playoffs and didn't have a pick in the first two rounds of the 2018 draft last year. But didn't he have some sort of allegations uh, levied against him? Right, so before... Uh, Right after he got fired, USA Today, they came out with an article saying that uh, a former employee uh, filed a complaint with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission uh, because he believes he was terminated based on his race. Uh, in like a 4,000-word document, he, uh, he listed feeling like he was targeted amongst other employees being targeted for the race and were fired and had white uh, candidates take their jobs. Uh, the Houston Texans came out with the Houston Chronicle. And, uh, and denied those claims and said it didn't have anything to do with it. But if you look at the timeline, according to this, the complainant's uh, attorney, uh, they the, his uh, his lawyer got in contact with the legal counsel of the uh, the Houston Texans. I want to say around maybe Tuesday or Wednesday because yeah. he was fired on a Friday. Sure. So got in contact with them, and then Jack Easterby. Uh, yep. Went to New England for a ring ceremony, yep. and then on Thursday, and then Friday, Brian Gaines fired. Yeah. So it just it looks suspect. Yeah, it is suspect. I don't, I don't, I'm not discrediting the the EEOC complaint. The, yeah. We don't know enough yet. Yeah. But on the surface of everything that I've seen, with you know the timeline of Jack Easterby and Bill O'Brien and Brian Gaines getting fired, it, it doesn't make sense. The Houston Texans look inept. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand it, and uh, that, that's that's really all I have to say. And for some reason, they're not getting as much heat as the New York Jets were getting for firing Brian McCagney. Because everyone knew McCagney was going to get fired. It was just a matter of when. Yeah. But Brian Gain was like a, a legit surprise amongst people in the NFL sure. why he got fired. So he... um. So Easterby went to uh, the Patriots uh, ring ceremony, right? Uh, Robert Kraft's house. Right. Um, the whole theory behind um, this whole ordeal is that Easterby went there, talked to Nick Casario behind closed doors. Um, they had a, a verbal almost that Nick Casario would come and join the Texans as a GM. Right. And then the next day, the, uh, the Texans fired um, Gay, uh, was it Brian Gaines. Brian Gaines. Yeah. Right, and then from there they they decided to interview Nick Casario. They put in the request to interview him. Yeah. At that point, the Patriots stepped in and put uh, filed tampering charges against the. Yeah. Uh, Texans. They filed it on what a Tuesday. Yeah, they filed the t- uh, tampering charges just because they thought this was suspicious as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I gotta say. I, I I gotta say this whole thing is shady as fuck. Like the Texans try to pull a complete fast one on the Patriots. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I think it's really shitty that Robert Kraft opened up his home right to these people. And Easterby came in and tried to like, take one of his guys. Now, you know what I'm saying? Let's bring people up to speed. So Jack Easterby, he was essentially like the Patriots life coach. He yeah. was a character coach yep. with the New England Patriots. He was there for a long time. I mean, before that, he was with the Chiefs as their like team chaplain. Mm-hmm. Then he went to he went to New England as their life character coach. Uh, I think what did he get? Like he got like two rings. While yeah, he was there, yeah, right? yeah. He, he, he got was, a couple, he got yeah. some pieces of hardware yeah, while he was there. Good. And it's kind of funny because he left New England and went to Houston after Robert Kraft was, in, in, I guess, indicted in yeah. that, you know, soliciting scandal. Yeah. So he wanted no part of that. And he goes down to Houston with his boy, Bill O'Brien, who yeah. they're they're tight with. And 
Yeah, it's just it's just weird. It it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It's almost like uh like Roman Empire esque of you know let's overthrow this guy because to me this seemed like a coup between Bill O'Brien and Easterby to get Brian Gain out. It was so fucked up. It was shady, bro. This is the second general manager Bill O'Brien has run out of the building. And Gain was handpicked by Bill O'Brien to be his guy when he was hired. Uh, like I said, he didn't have a pick in the first two rounds of the 2018 draft because of Deshaun Watson trade and Brock Osweiler. Yeah. Um, they seem to be on the same page. And you could even go on the Houston Texans Instagram page right now and find their first round war room video sure. of taking uh, t- uh, the the tackle. Tyrus something? Tyrus. Uh, Tyrus Hardis? Yeah, Tyrus out of, uh, I think it was Alabama State. Yeah. Took him and he was like, he was telling the room like he passed everything. He looked good on his 30 visit. He looked great at the combine. He passed everything with flying colors. And you didn't see anybody shaking their head. No, they were all yeah. nodding. Yeah, and Bill O'Brien was on board. So it just, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand why. I think there's more to it. And hopefully the Texans come out this week and, and clear the air of why they would fire a guy 17 months into a five-year contract when now they're paying two general well, managers. It, it just goes back to Bill O'Brien doesn't seem to get along with a lot of people. He's right? a hard dude to work with. Exactly, right? When he's in New England, um, like there was no rumblings, but there were occasional like rumors that, hey, he didn't really get along with people. You know what I'm saying? He goes down to Houston. Um, there's a couple people there that he fired in the GMs. Yeah, right he there. ran out Rick Smith. Yeah, he can't get along with the GMs. And then obviously like, Brock Osweiler, he didn't get along with him. And I guess that's maybe a smaller case. But like there's a pattern here where Bill O'Brien seems like he doesn't get along well with the with the, with people around him, right? Right. Um, additionally, like I think this is one of those cases again where I bring up quite a bit. Like I think there should be no GMs in the NFL. Like I think it should be the head coach right beneath the owner, and the head coach should be delegating responsibilities um, to the team to to other people. So I, I think um, I think this just proves once again the GM position. It's just too hard. It's too hard meshing two personalities, meshing two alpha alpha dogs. You know what I'm saying meshing two visions and moving towards one goal. Uh, and I think Bill O'Brien and the Texans next year won't have a GM either, right? Well, Adam Schefter and PFT, Pro Football Talk, uh, they were floating around that idea. But um, Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network laid out the two scenarios of they could still search for a general manager or they could go the route of not having a GM and split it between Easterby, O'Brien, and I believe the head of scouting. I, I, I didn't get a name for that guy. Uh, but they were still going through the process of potentially finding a general manager I don't think it's more like a, of a head coach's league. Uh, a couple of people floated this idea. It's more of who has the ear of the owner because the head coach, they already have enough on their plate. They have to go week to week. They have to, you know, figure out a game plan and all this, you know, and the scouting and the yeah. tape and what, what schemes are they going to do? Do you really want him to worry about that and then be in charge of the scouting department well, and then all it's, that it's and the that, salary it's, cap it's and negotiations? And I, think, I think I should re, um, I should make my point clear. The head coach should lay out the vision and everybody in the organization should follow that vision. Right. Right. And I think that's where a lot of GMs and head coaches, I guess, um, butt heads is when there's different visions involved. Right. Clearly, it seems like the GMs that were hired and Bill O'Brien didn't get along because at the end of the day, they might have different visions. Right. I mean, there's that's most of the reason why people don't get along is different visions. So mm-hmm. I think that is my biggest argument is. Um, the head coach should lay out the vision and then delegate the responsibilities of the vision to people involved. Like, he should still only go in and game plan for the week and, you know, focus on the opponent. That's all he's got to do. But 
the vision should still be moved forward by the rest of the right. But then who's going to be in charge of player personnel? Who's going to be in charge of you know negotiating contracts? Because that was one of the things that I saw was with Brian Gain, like they let um, Tyron Matthew walk and go to uh, the Chiefs, and you know Jadavian Clowney's not signed to an extension. He's refusing to sign his franchise tag, which I don't understand what the tension is because yeah. Clowney has never led. He's never had a double-digit sack season sure. in his entire career. Sure. So, I mean, if you're valuing quarterback pressure that high, I, I guess I can see your logic. But I, I don't see why there's that much tension of Clowney was the straw that broke the camel's back. Of we don't have him signed, he's not at camp, so we're gonna fire Brian Kane. Yeah. I just, I don't, I just think this is Bill O'Brien thinking he's a faux Bill Belichick yeah, and course. being hard, like hard to work with when it's yeah. it's really unnecessary. And I want to know at one point is Bill O'Brien going to get fired because he's at this. I'm not saying he's incompetent. He's a good coach, but he's mediocre at yeah. best. Yeah. I mean, he's been to he's had nine and seven seasons for the last two years, and then uh, eleven and five the last last season. Like questionable well, play calls with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Like yeah, my whole thing is like this just seems to be getting swept under the rug right here, right? Like what what the Texans did was. Really shady, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. What they did was, was like you said, almost of a coup, right? And I, and I as a Patriots fan, I, I'm sorry I'm getting to this point, but I could only imagine if the Patriots tried to pull this and what kind of backlash the Patriots would get. Like, I know, like, ESPN would be leading off with Tampergate or some bullshit like that if, like, the Patriots went after somebody else's GM and there was tampering charges filed, right? So, like, I feel like they're getting an easy pass here and obviously, like, we're going to rail on them, you're railing on them, but, like, it's a non-story. I think they did next week and everybody's going to forget about it and people are going to move on. Like, it's just, it is what it is. You know? I don't know if anyone's really going to be able to move on because, say, let's play devil's advocate yeah. and they interview a general manager. I think they, they're probably going to go after Scott Pioli mm-hmm. because everyone in the NFL, for some reason, has this, uh, for lack of a better term, a hard-on on getting people from New England, which is no shame. Yeah. But Bill Belichick, you know, cast, you know, I guess you could say a good amount of protection over head coaches and, and general managers because once they go to a different team, they're not what they were in New England. Like, they're, they're not that I – mean, look, look at Romeo sure. Cornell and, and Charlie Weiss when they left. And, I mean, I like Brian Flores in, Flor- in, in Miami, but I don't, it's another person from Bill Belichick. Yeah. Like, show me a team that, that this has worked with. Like, I just – I don't understand why there's this, you know, almost a fetish – of going after people from New England. Well, it makes sense. I mean, you want to go and attract people that are at the top of the industry. You know what I'm saying? Like, in our in our aviation profession, like, we always try to attract the best talent possible. And in the NFL, the best talent is in New England. Simply put, like, we've, want, we've dominated the NFL for the last 20 years. So I get why people would go after all the talent in New England. Yeah, but then, like, they end up wondering why they have no winning season. Their, their draft is Well, because they're not Tom Brady, simply put. Eh. It's a quarterback league. They don't have a good quarterback. They don't have Tom Brady, you know? Uh, I mean, Pioli did all right in Kansas City, but I mean, Matt Castle going there was a little suspect. It's just like it. I don't. I don't like expand the net. Like if if you're gonna go after a general manager, like wouldn't you want to not have people in group think? This is just like the definition of cronyism and nepotism. Of let's hire our buddies to take the job. Like, but that's how life is. Like, I, I mean, I know I get it's not right, but that's just how industries are set up. That's just how. Um, the NFL is set up, man. Like these, the, you see these gyms and head coaches make their way up the ranks by them uh, together. And eventually, when a gym gets a job, like he's gonna bring in his his guy, like his coach, his buddy. It's just how life works, man. It's not about who. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. At the end of the day. Yeah, at this rate, they might as well just get rid of the Rooney Rule. So 
I mean, they, they might as well. Like, I, <laughs> and it's funny because like they interviewed two African American candidates immediately, Ray right Farmer, off the bat, to being compliant. Yeah, to be to being compliant. They they interviewed Ray Farmer. What's the guy's name? I forget his name. Um, but Mayhew. But, yeah, they just they just basically appeased that rule real quickly, and they're going to try to go after Casario. So it's still kind of a shady. Like a penny move almost. Like right. It's dumb. And then yeah, like, it's just super fucking petty. You and, know? and it's just it's stupid. I, I don't I don't get why they're not getting as much heat as the as as the Jets. So in my opinion, they are worse than what the New York Jets handled their situation. Well, it was basically because it's a smaller market. There's not the New York City media um, going right. after the Texans. That's what it is, you know. But regardless, it's super petty, man. And it's just, um, you know, it's just it is what it is, right? So speaking of petty, though, I want to ask Mr. Puma, what is the pettiest thing you've ever done, sir? Pettiest? Yeah. Oh God! Because I'm a very petty person. Like at the end of the day, man, I get as petty as possible. But what's your thoughts, man? What's what's something petty you've done? I don't, I don't know. No, don't know? Nothing really comes to yeah. nothing comes to mind, dude. The pettiest thing I've ever done is I've stolen the uh, Chipotle like Tabasco sauce. Yeah, out of spite. <laughs> Christ. Dude, seriously, like I, I had a really fucked up experience with the uh, one of the burrito makers, and I was like, this mother. Oh. Let me walk you through it, right? So I, I go into, I go into my local Chipotle, right? Actually, down the street in in Shelton, about a year and a half yeah. ago, right? And I go in, and I'm great, ready to get my burrito, right? I'm super excited about this thing, um, and I walk up, and immediately this guy, like I hate everything about him, like I hate everything about this guy behind yeah. the uh, the counter. He has like a little stupid toboggan on, and he has like just a really stupid look that I didn't like one bit, you know? Jesus Christ! I, <laughs> and you're worried about stepping on people's toes at Starbucks? Like I walk in, and I'm like, hey man, how you doing? Like uh, just my normal greeting, right? And immediately, without saying anything, he says, "What can I get you?" Like he didn't even answer my question. He he wasn't like, "Oh, my day's going good. What would you like?" You know what I'm right. saying? He was just like, "What can I get you?" And I'm like. Ooh, Oh, this mother. Like, that's strike one, brother. Yep, <laughs> you know? yep. Don't like, know who you're fucking with. Right, right. And, like, as, uh, as like, my burrito order progresses, like, it gets worse and worse, right? So I get my burrito. And I always like to get, like, half steak, half chicken. And for most Chipotle, that's totally fine, right? Yeah. But with this guy, I was like, yo, can I get half steak, half chicken? He's like, no, I'm sorry, we can't do that. You got to pick one meat. I'm like, what? He's like, you got to pick one meat or you can get double meat. And I'm like, no, I want a half and half. He's like, sorry, I can't do that. I was like, fine, bro. Just throw some chicken on it. Let's call it a day, you know? Yep. Strike two, right? This Jesus Christ. Good. And then finally, I get to the end of the burrito making, uh, like, you know, session. And, like, I ask him to mix up my burrito. Like, I hate nothing more than eating a burrito where there's, like, half the side is, like, rice. The other half is, like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I like getting one big bite, right, of everything. And he was like, I'm sorry, I can't I can't mix it up. I was like, ooh, this guy. He's really messing me up, like at that point, like when Steve was coming out of my ears, kind of thing, right? And I was like, just keep your calm, Jay. Just you know, just chill out. Yep. <laughs> it is what it's not that big of a deal. And like I was gonna let it go, but on the way out, I saw like this little Tabasco sauce there. Where you know you put your fucking like yeah. right. And I was like, I hope this guy sees me stealing this fucking Tabasco because I want him to come after me. I want him to say something to me so I can give him peace of my mind. Um, but luckily he didn't see. It. I just kind of threw my bag and went. But that's the pettiest thing I've ever done, man. Stealing Tabasco. From fucking Chipotle. Jesus. And you're worried about a cup at Starbucks. You're something else. <laughs> you're something else, good sir. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, moving on. We got the uh, Raiders being uh, yes. selected for Hard Knocks. HBO. I mean, finally took them like nine months to get this well, thing what done. what do you expect? They got to get like the infrastructure and the cameras. They got to place it in the rooms and all that. Yeah, and but they can't even like give us the name of who the well, team is. they have to go through like the teams. I mean, at any point, a team could have volunteered and be like, yeah, we'll be on Hard Knocks. But yeah. clearly nobody wanted it. Yeah. So they had to go through the criteria. 
I mean, they gave the people what they wanted. Everybody wants Oakland. I'm going to order HBO in July. So I have it in August when they hit training camp. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be must-see TV. I already told Tara, I'm like, you might not be the biggest football fan, but you might enjoy Hard Knocks because of all the stories that go oh, yeah, involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, it's it's much more for the the casual fan. Yep. It's not like full-on X's and O's football all the right. time. There's so many storylines of like, hey, this guy might make the roster or like, you know, this this long shot, you know, he's making some way in camp. So yep. there's a lot of like, like, you know, family stuff gets involved as well where they bring in the family of the players. Yep. So it's not just like straight up football. So I think the average fan will enjoy Hard Knocks yep. this year, especially with just the personalities they have with the Raiders now. I mean, you got like oh. John Gruden, Mayo, Incognito, perfect. You got, you know, AB. AB. You got Derek Carr. Like, there's a lot of personalities there. Yep. Man. And apparently, Derek Carr doesn't think he's ever going to leave the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Okay, Derek. Yeah. Okay, like, Derek. Yeah. Yeah. You better show up this year. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm, I'm going to order it in, yeah. in July for so it's in time for August. Yeah. And, the three storylines I'm going to be like keeping a close eye on is um, a like um, just how John Gruden. Um, coaches like uh, just seeing how his structure is set up um is he a paper tough guy is he legit like you can kind of get that feel right um from hard knocks like uh, back last year with with the browns you can tell there was some serious division between hugh jackson and todd haley and right. you can tell that shit was stemming you know what i'm saying so yep. you can pick up a lot so my first storyline is going to be just john green and how his structure is set up um second is going to be obviously incognito versus perfect how are those guys going to go go to town you know mm-hmm. um and then finally mayak like, i wonder like what kind of person what kind of leader mayak is like how much involved will he be in hard knocks will we see him a lot tonight you know what i'm saying right. So, I don't know. I mean, did you see? I mean, yeah, you saw some of John Dorsey last year, right? Yeah, yeah, like we saw. Yeah, Rams, we saw John Dorsey. Any, yeah, you didn't see Les Need or anything. Yeah, like yeah, that. we definitely saw Dorsey quite a bit last year. You know. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be must watch TV. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on that. I'm gonna focus on the uh, the David uh, the the Derek Carr John Gruden dynamic uh, incognito just being a lunatic because at some point he's going to get suspended for oh, of what course. happened. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see if that comes down while they're recording uh, Hard Knocks and to get his reaction. And I just want to see AB. I just want to see how he he carries himself with the new team because for the first couple of months while he was under contract, he didn't seem like he could fucking move on from Pittsburgh yep. where everyone else was fucking trying to. Yep. So now it's going to be interesting to be... You know, with him, with all the cameras on him, I mean, he was already on Twitter like it's a hard knock life. Like yeah. him and Derek Carr were excited to be on there, which is weird because no one's ever excited to be on fucking hard yeah, knocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys might be faking it, you know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, truly, hard knocks is not a good thing for your team. Like, it's not going to be good. Right. Like, it exposes, um, like, put it this way. What happens is nobody else is playing football, right? So the whole... United States is watching you. Yep. There's like articles being written about the dumbest shit possible. And all of that is just undue pressure and undue, um, you know, just like strain on the team. Yep. And nobody, like, I mean, you can even look back to the Bengals when uh, Hard Knocks was with Cincinnati. And James Harrison wanted no part of that friggin' show. If if he wasn't talking, he was flipping the bird to the camera. Like, he had no inclination to be on that show and it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens, especially that AFC West where everyone seemed to improved. Like, what are you, what are you going to do if this is such a distraction? I can see excuses already being built in. Like, we're, we're, we have to travel to Canada for a preseason game, and then we got to go to London, and we're traveling like 50,000 miles over the year. And, oh, by the way, we have hard knocks the year before we go to Las Vegas. Like, if this is a lost season with Oakland, I already see – 
excuses being built in for the team for why they un- underperformed. Yeah, yeah, I get that, man. And um, and I not th- to ch- not. I'm still gonna watch. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. I'm gonna watch this fucking train wreck yeah. go down. Oh my god, this is gonna be pure comedy, man. This is gonna be just pure TV gold. Um, the other thing I really want to watch is I want to see Derek Carr. I want to see um how he interacts with the coaches, what his standing is with the league. You know what I'm right. saying? Right, especially oh, with the team. You know what I'm saying? Cause especially the second season under there too. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a lot of rumblings of how like you know they don't really want Derek Carr and they're trying to move up for Kyler Murray. Blah. Blah, blah whatever the rumblings were i want to see if that's accurate or not All right wasn't he on like video t- was he on video earlier this week being like i talked to the i talked to the coach i talked to the general manager and i talked to the owner and i'm not going anywhere anytime soon it's like dude you don't have the wherewithal of yeah. how this how the nfl works like dude you don't say when you leave they tell you when you leave yeah man the nfl like, man they're fucking ruthless bro yep. they're ruthless yep so it's going to be interesting to see how a second year under uh, John Gruden's system works because it, it is complicated. If you've watched America's Game or hell, even just John Gruden mic'd up, like that is not an easy system to comprehend. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking moving pieces just to say like what one route is going to do. So yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, man, it's going to be fucking dope, man. Uh, but just do what uh, six weeks away from the start of training camp, something like that. June everyone's 15th. everyone's on a summer break right yeah, now. Yeah, June 15 now. Two more weeks till the end of June. Four weeks in July. Yeah, man, do it right around the corner, man. Yep. Oof. It's it's great. I mean, I, I guarantee you, one other GM is probably going to get fired between now yeah, and then. Yeah, find that fascinating that people are getting fired this late into the season. Like that's a new trend all of a sudden. This right. Year, you know? I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Especially after the draft. Cool. Cool. Whatever. Uh, okay. Moving on. Now, uh, the next thing we want to cover is uh, Callum Winslow. Right. Oh boy. Yeah. That. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot there. That's. A... Um, yeah. That's not the best topic. Um, it's. <laughs> It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I don't really have, I, I like to talk and I'm, I'm mum for words. Yeah. Uh, Kellen Winslow, uh, this week, early this week, was, uh, accused of 12 counts of, you know, either rape or, uh, what was it, lewd, lewd misconduct. He was convicted on one rape charge and two lewd misconducts. He's facing eight years in prison. The other charges were, uh, were a mistrial. The DA is going to re, uh, retry him, but, Man, Robert Klemko from Sports Illustrated did a uh, yeah, that piece. a disturbing Oof. but great Oof. article in Kellen Winslow dating all the way back to before he was even drafted by the Cleveland Browns. And he uh, he was displaying the worst of the worst behaviors that you will see in, say, Dahmer or Bundy or, you know, like a serial rapist kind of deal. And the NFL just kind of you know, brushed it under the rug. In my opinion, I think the NFL or the teams that he was on. Oh, of course. Of course. The the NFL. I mean, mean, Jay, he's beating off at his locker after hours to the point where Romeo Cronell is telling him what is expected of appropriate behavior. And it still didn't stick. Dude, like at the end of the day, um, you can always tell when somebody isn't all there. Um, I know this might be controversial for me to say, but you can just sense when something isn't right right and in this case there was something clearly wrong with just a display of actions that this guy portrayed right um stuff like dude beating off or watching pornography at full volume on the team plane on the team at team meetings on his fucking phone dude he would sit down on a team plane <laughs> open his laptop 
drop a stack of DVDs of pornography yep. and go to town. And like, dude, like nobody said anything about yep. this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, players were begged to be out of rooming with him on the road. Dude, they didn't I, want to be in the hotel with him. One of those stories was like, he went on a road trip uh, with the team and he brought along this like weird, like mannequin torso of a female, like, um, like anatomy. And yeah. Everything. Anatomy. Just so I don't know what he's going to do with it, but like, like that's disturbing. Like we all know what that. he's gonna do with it. <laughs> you know it's a full-bodied <laughs> fleshlight. Right. But like he didn't care if a teammate was in the room or not. Like when they would do um, room checks for curfew, there were several times where team security officials walked in on him with the, with the shit on. And like, listen, like if you if you're gonna watch porn, have at it, bro. Like yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna eat your lunch over it. Yeah. But this is displaying behavior. That's really fucked up. Of you know leading to fucking raping people and and, did. and he was displaying he was displaying like i said the worst of the worst he would target these weak women like they were all in the between the age range of 50 to 70 yep. the only person that was under that was i think it was before he even got drafted by cleveland i think it was 19 and he he raped someone at a house party that was passed out like at what point does does the NFL look at this? I mean, at one point, he was drafted by Cleveland in the first round. Sure. He was traded to Tampa Bay. You're telling me nobody in Cleveland talked to people in Tampa Bay being like, yo, you got a, you, you got a bad dude. Mm-hmm. Like, he's had these talks with Cornell of what was expected to be good behavior. He's doing this on the team plane and in the hotel. Uh, he's bragging about doing this. And then when he was with the Jets, when he was released... When the cops popped him for synthetic weed, yeah. they didn't catch him smoking weed he in the car. He was going to tell himself in a, the car. A, lady, a female Samaritan called the cops and said, there's a guy touching himself in a parking lot right here. And when the cops rolled up, there was two open cases of Vaseline. They didn't get him in the act, but they got the weed on him. <laughs> That's why he got released. He was even trying to make a comeback as late as last year. Dude got some serious issues, man. <laughs> yeah, God. It's so and it's funny. like he's facing eight years. If he was convicted on all 12 charges, he would have faced like essentially life. He would have got 53 yeah. years if the judge threw the book at him. Yeah, the, uh, the charges he was convicted on because he, apparently he, uh, he ripped a homeless woman. Is that correct? A uh, 53-year-old homeless woman. Oh, and then uh, he got lewd misconduct for touching himself at a gym in front of a 53-year-old lady that was working out there. and. I think he exposed himself to a lady while she was doing yard work. Yeah. So I think that was the other misconduct charge. But the other counts that were a mistrial, I guess they leaned like 10-2 to 9-3, leaning towards guilt. But the other other jurors couldn't get on board with it. So that's why it was a mistrial. But the DA uh, came out yesterday and is gonna they're going to retry him on those. Yeah, that's, that's and true. this gets to a big another issue in the NFL, and I guess this kind of dovetails into Tyree Kill. And we were talking about this offline. Yeah. But NFL teams that take flyers on, say, like Tyree Kill type characters, or you know, let's let's just say the security detail for the Cleveland Browns did their due diligence on Kellen Winslow and still took a flyer on him. Yeah. If they get popped for shit, do you think they should be punished? Of course. There's no way that these teams are going to stop taking a flyer on cheap, you know, talent that they can find a dime in the rough or, hey, we got this guy in the cheap because he has some baggage. Like, that shit needs to go away. Like, the the only way that's going to go away is if there's some sort of set rule saying if you take a flyer on a guy that has some serious issues and he does something bad with your team under he's under your watch, you're going to lose a draft pick. Yeah. That's the only way that the NFL teams are going to go away from trying to get these like 
players that are damaged on the cheap. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, just to appease the salary cap or whatever the situation is to make make you know a uh, a comparison where like you know you get a great talent for just uh, nothing nothing like much. A at all. Yeah. So like the only way this is gonna work out where the NFL teams won't do it is if they start popping them with draft. Yes, yeah, I, I I completely agree. You know, and Connor or he of the of Sports Illustrated he floated that idea of you know should teams be penalized and I'm completely on board because that's the only way. Yeah, because because when you bring him in when you bring him in you're you're essentially give you're, you're essentially give him a second chance where somebody else who has done anything wrong doesn't deserve right. it doesn't get it, you know what I'm saying like yeah. it's just simply like he's already fucked up like he's already had his chance in the NFL let him fucking go you know what I'm right. saying do that shit and hopefully you know, bring in somebody that's a better character guy yeah I, I just I don't I don't get it and I don't know what it's gonna take before everyone gets wise and is like we should probably stop bringing people in like this yeah. to our team and representing us like that, that's at the end of the day when you look at Kellen Winslow not only is he the son of a Hall of Fame transcendent tight end he comes from NFL royalty he also represented the Cleveland Browns as a first round draft pick oh, like yeah. he had issues oh, yeah. he blew his knee out on a motorcycle accident I remember E60 did a special on that with Lisa Salters and it still blows my mind that you're telling me nobody in the Cleveland Browns talked to Lisa Salters on the side and said, hey, not only did he blow his knee out, like we're kind of hoping he works his way back, but yeah, he also has like a compulsive issue of touching himself. Yeah. Like that that might be something you might want to look into. Yeah. Oh, he may have done this in college. Like yeah. it just, it blows, yeah. it blows my mind. Just another case, man. Another case with the NFL. And it wasn't that long to... ago, man. It yeah. was like what? Like two, he was what? 2000? 2001? Uh, I mean, it wasn't that long. I think it was late 2000s. You know what I'm yeah. Saying? So, um, I mean, he did that infamous quote of, I'm a fucking soldier. Yeah, he's a fucking He's man. an idiot. He's an idiot. And I don't want to hear CTE. I don't want to hear the CTE led him to do this because he was displaying behavior. Oh, yeah, wait a long time ago. Of, of, you know, people that are locked up in solitary supermax prisons that haven't played football. Yep. I don't want to hear CTE yep. with Simply him. Simply put, man, you hit it right, in, right on the nose there, man. The reason why he's not in prison is because he played in the NFL. Yep. You know? He has a, uh, a stardom to him that, you know, will protect him from jail. You yep. know? So, regardless, man, it's a shitty situation all the way around. Um, you know, we have to address it because it was part of the news, but I, it was just bad, bad. Bury movie. him underneath the Dude, prison. bad, just bad. Uh, moving on, the final topic I want to get to is uh, the Baker Mayfield situation in, in Cleveland. Um, it came out this week that after Duke Johnson, after the comments that Baker Mayfield made on Duke Johnson, a couple of veterans in the Cleveland Browns locker room approached uh, Baker Mayfield and said, um, voiced a displeasure about how he spoke about Duke Johnson's situation. Yep. Um, apparently, the report is uh, veteran players, you know, um, displayed their uh, disgust with the comments and this displeasure with the comments, and they apparently hashed it out behind closed doors. Yep. Um, and initially, when this came out, I think we had this conversation about how Baker is trying to take that. That, for me personally, the way I see it is Baker's taking that leap from cocky, brash player to bad teammate. Like those comments that he made crossed the line. And I'm super glad that the veterans in the locker room went to, went to him and said something about it. Right. Um, at the end of the day, if you leave that kind of shit unchecked, if you leave Baker's ego unchecked and you let him just keep making those comments, you got a big band situation on your hands. Yeah, you know it's going faster. And then, and then next thing you know, the fucking whole team dissolves because he's talking shit and this guy's going back at him. And you know what I'm saying? So the whole thing yep. gets gets really, really, uh, really fishy at that point. But I'm super glad that the veterans checked him in line and kind of told him, you shut the fuck up, man. Like you're not... You're not like even people that are like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, people that are so much better than you are, don't say this kind of shit. You know right. what I'm saying? So I'm glad the veterans stepped up and actually told them how they felt. Right. About that. And you know, I saw the the report by uh, by Mike Silver of the NFL Network. Now, listen, full disclosure, 
he is buddies with Hugh Jackson. So that doesn't matter. But, but to be to disclose, because there's people out there that's going to be like, oh, well, Mike Silver reported it and he's got an axe to grind because of Hugh Jackson. Like, yeah, I'm coming out and saying to all you tele, uh, keyboard tough guys that he does have ties to Hugh Jackson. But Mike Silver, as far as I know, has yet to put a report out there that's false. So I'm going to take what Mike Silver has to say with, you know, I think his his bucket's going to hold a lot of water. So I'm going to buy what he's saying. And Jarvis Landry, I think, came out yesterday saying that it's a non-issue. You're blowing it up more than what it needs to be. Jarvis, like, what are you – if you say that, yes, that's true, you're pulling a Baker Mayfield. Yep. So, like, you have to get in line yep. behind your quarterback. Yep. Like, you're not fooling anybody yep. here. Like, people talk. Duke Johnson is pro- – if he's not chapped, then he's a friggin' robot. Yep. Because if someone's throwing me under the Greyhound in, the, in a news in a press conference, I'm going to be livid. Like, yep. you have no business in and my I'm sure, business. And I'm sure he was livid. I'm yep. sure he was livid. And I'm sure some of the veteran teammates saw that. And he said uh, the veteran teammates started to – decided to step up and say something, yep. you know. So, I, I'm sure he was chapped about yep. that. And you know what, Baker? Like, you do remember you left Texas Tech. Yep. Uh, because of a quarterback situation, an air quote walked on at Oklahoma yeah. because he wanted to start. Dude, so Baker, Baker is, such, is a guy that I I've had a, such a love hate relationship with, with right? Like I uh, I was at that game at Ohio State where Oklahoma came with Baker Mayfield and they beat my team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was there. I, I was there when he planted the flag in the in the middle of the stadium. Like I like I hated the guy for so long. But then he came into the league last year and he started lighting it up and he started doing good. And I know seven or whatever the wins are for the Browns isn't much like in the grand scheme of things. But when you come from an organization that's had one or two or zero wins for the longest time, that's a massive leap. You know what I'm saying? So I started mm-hmm. coming around to him. I was like, all right, well, the guy can throw. The guy seems to be rallying his troops. But but now I'm right back to just hating the guy, man. With shit like this. Like, right. This, this right here is big for me. I know a lot of people are not um, talking about the national media because, you know, it's a small story. But for me, this is a big story. For me, this displays that he's a shit teammate like i have i have the the biggest hatred for shit teammates people that don't work work well with uh with their teammates and i hate that shit more than anything right and it's it should be a big story because this team has all the like the hype machine is like an overdrive like oh, they, dude. like dude. as soon as they got odell like the vegas odds i think they were like fifth in odds to win the, the super, super bowl, bowl. Yep. and it's like dude you, you had have- a seven win season Dude, the teams in front of them were like the Patriots, the fucking Rams, the Saints, and the Chiefs. Like, like, when's the last time the fucking Browns were in that category? Yeah, like, how are they above? How are they above the Packers? Like, that, that doesn't that you know? Like, this is just another instance again. I'm gonna harp on it for the third week, where it's just more bulletin board material. Like, Tennessee is already chapped probably because Vegas has written them off week one against against Cleveland. And with all this BS and kind of infighting going on and bulletin board material, I can see Tennessee walking in and kicking Cleveland right in the teeth and walking out of there with a win, and it could possibly start a losing uh, a, a losing streak with yeah. the team. Yeah, I think we talked about. And what's going to happen when that team faces struggle? All these alpha personalities. Oh, what's going to happen? They're going to implode, dude. So I think we had to talk about this about three, four weeks ago when we did our um, division winners, right? Yep. Um, and I think if the the Browns um, start out zero and four, or you know one and three, it's going to implode, man. Those first four games are going to be brutally crucial into how yep. this team is going to play the rest of the year. If they do come out under four, under 500 uh, in the first four games, it's going to be bad, bro. Yep. Because there's no good, there's no real leaders in that team, in the, on that team. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like Jarvis, he was like, I, as the one real leader on the team is probably Duke Johnson because of how long he's been yep. there and you threw yep. him under the bus. Yep. 
Like again, they the the ownership and the general manager. Dorsey's been there for what three, two years? Three yeah, I think years? two years now. Yeah, so he now. he gave Duke his contract extension yeah. because they believed in him that much. Yeah. And what's gonna like you're throwing him head first under the bus? Jarvis Landry, this is gonna be his second season there. Baker Mayfield, this is gonna be his second season there. Odell, this is gonna be his first year there. Shel- There's a lot of polarizing personalities. Sheldon Richardson's there. And I, like, I don't see what's gonna yeah. like. Who's gonna pull the team together? And I don't even know why Duke Johnson's all been out of shape, man. Like, dude, like, like I said last week, like, there's a good chance you could start in Kareem Hunt's absence, absolutely light it up, and when Kareem Hunt comes back, it's it's gonna be hard for the coaches to get off the field, my man. Like, just just shut your mouth, keep going. Like, I get it, you're you're pissed off, but you know, fuck, man, just there's a chance that you could play more than you expect. Right, right. But then again, if you look at it, Kareem Hunt is John Dorsey's guy, yeah. I would ask for a trade. But he's not being rowdy about it. He said, I've asked yeah. for a trade. I've, I felt I wanted. It seemed like I was on the trade block before then. I'm still going to show up and do my job, but I want to be traded. Like, that's my request. So let's see what can happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, uh, that's a wrap on that. Um, other than that, man, you got anything else you want to get to? I did see a comment. This is kind of kind of new. I saw it yesterday. What are your thoughts on teams and kind of thinking players are going to take a hometown discount? And I'm not thinking of just Dak Prescott yeah. or, or, or uh, Ezekiel Elliott. But Jalen Ramsey, I know he's not the biggest – you're not the biggest fan of Jalen. Piece of crap. But – what what are your thoughts? Like he came out and said that no, I'm not going to take a hometown discount. Yeah, and I, I like his comments. Um, I've always been um, a guy that sees the bigger picture. Um, a lot of these owners want you to believe that this player is not a good team player because he's not taking a hometown discount. Right. He's not taking the contract that's you know four million dollars less, um, and that's going to hurt the team somehow. Owners have conditioned us. And a lot of general public to feel that people that don't take hometown discounts are, are bad, bad people. Yep. When in turn, you the fucking owners are making nine billion dollars a year. Like, who the fuck are you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's just simply put money staying in the owners' pockets, and they don't want to shove out to the um, to the players. So I, I I have no problem with it at all one bit. I think hometown discounts are stupid. And the one criticism I will give to Tom Brady is that he is one of those performers that he's one of those people that takes those uh, hometown discounts and he's doing a disservice to his teammates by by taking that discount. Right. And then the media gets on the fucking horn and say, well, if Tom Brady's taking a hometown discount, why don't you? you know what but saying? you know what? It's almost like magic in the NBA with like, we all know that he probably, he had ownership Listen, of with the team yeah, yeah. when he was not and, getting and the paid. Thing is, the thing is though, Tom Brady is set for life. The dude, I will say right now, the dude's going to be a billionaire within the next five years. Yeah. Once he's retired and the fucking people that he is in bed with, with Robert Kraft and, and Trump and all and those Under guys Armour. that, yeah, the people that he, that he's in bed with, like he is, he's set for life. He's going to, he's going to be a billionaire before you know. Right. It. Just like Magic became a billionaire. Right. So like, he, but he's th- he's doing a massive disservice to the people that aren't going to become billionaires after right. their careers are over. And, and this is my thing with Jalen Ramsey. I'm with you. I don't I don't believe any player should take a hometown discount. Oh, you should take a hometown discount to win a championship. I hear that all the time from from people, and it's like no, like that ring is not going to pay for your bills when you're not playing anymore. Mm-hmm. Get your money while you can. Yeah. Like that's why I didn't have a problem with Le'Veon Bell holding out of signing his franchise tag. Get paid. You don't know like the average lifespan in this league is three years. Yeah. Like. At, at worst, you don't perform, 
you go on the free agency market, you do a, a one-year prove-it deal, you light it up, and then you get paid. Yeah. Best case scenario, Jacksonville has to eat its words, and on top of picking up your fifth-year option, they fucking pay you. Like, get the money while you can. That's why I don't want to hear about di- hometown discounts of, you know, being a Jacksonville Jaguar and we're building something here. Oh, with the Dallas. Like, oh, well, there's a lot of perks of being a quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. What, for being a fucking spokesperson for Dannon? Yeah. Like, no. Like, give me my fucking money. I deserve my money. Carson Wentz got this amount of, like, what is it, like 30, 30 million, 31 yeah. guaranteed over the next three, four years? Yeah. Uh, you better be hitting me up at 33. You know what? Uh, I uh, We had this conversation about Dak, and I think I, I've changed my tune on this a little bit. I think um, I, I, was, I was hoping he would get 27 million. I actually have no problem with him getting his 31, 32, 34 million, whatever the number is now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I think looking at the numbers, Dax and Carson's numbers are very similar. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize they were that similar. And they're the same draft class, too. Same draft class. And one guy is on the field every single fucking game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that warrants him to get paid at that level. Um, I saw the report that the agent for uh, for Dak Prescott um, approached the the Cowboys with a thirty four million dollar a year contract, yep. which is like two million dollars more than with right. Carson. And I think it's a little much, but I think that's where you start negotiations. At I think the whole angle is to get to that level that Carson Wentz right. is at. You have to, you yeah. have to start there. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way. Like the the absolute floor is Wentz. You cannot start a negotiation below what Carson Wentz got paid last week. Yep. There's there's no way. Yep. There's no way. Unless you're going to give me ownership stake, there's no way I'm signing a deal that's less than what Carson got yeah. paid. These owners, man, they're so fucking tricky. They're so wealthy. And they get these guys to believe that, like, taking less money is bad. Get the fuck out of here, Yeah, bro. like, people were adding Pete Briscoe, Pete Briscoe on, uh, on, on Twitter being like, oh, well, you know, you should take a hometown discount. Uh, oh, you, you know, you, there's perks to being on this team. It's like, those perks aren't going to pay my bills when I'm not playing anymore. Yeah. No, get get the fucking money while you can. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. So I agree with you on that, man. Yep. Yeah. That's, uh, that's probably all I got. Cool, man. Awesome. Well, uh, g- great episode, bro. We're at 54 minutes in. Uh, you want to plug it up? Yeah, yeah. So you can find us uh, on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. And we're also doing this hashtag, uh, take PFR with you. Yep. Uh, so if you take a screenshot of where, wherever the hell you're at, what, whatever the hell you're doing, listening to our podcast, we are going to repost that shit on our main pages and uh, show you some love. So be sure to do that. Hashtag take PFR with you. Yep, yep. And the next two, three weeks, we're going to start up the Pro Football Radio uh, Fancy Football League. Yeah. Um, in the next two or three weeks, we're going to make contact with uh, some of our top listeners and ask them to join us in the league. It'll be a great thing for the <laughs> for the season to go through a league with some of our listeners. Um, it's going to be me uh, and obviously the Puma, and we'll have eight other guests, and uh, we will uh, obviously make contact with those people. So. Yep. And of course, you can find us on soundcloud spotify google play youtube stitcher hit us up listen let us know downloads like subscribe comment let us know how we're doing this is your podcast we want to tailor it towards you before we go yep there's There's always always that that was good that was good but you gotta you gotta hit one a little, little little bit more bass a little bit more bass Jejima, you're fired! I felt that in my chest. (laughs) Look at that. To all of our listeners, thank you very much. Um, We will talk to you soon. Bye, Condios.